everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Stuff I Heard podcast. I am your host, Joshua Peak, and I want to talk about a few things that have come out recently. Um, December, or is it December? No, November. November 12th was the two-year anniversary for Disney+, and they decided to release the, what they call, premiere stuff available for everybody to watch. So uh, right away, my wife was like, I want to watch Jungle Cruise, and I was like, okay. So the 12th was Friday, and I wasn't going to be in town. But I've got a jailbroke fire stick, and she's like, let's watch it on that. I'm like, okay. So I literally come home from work on Thursday, and she's watching it. I'm like, you didn't want to wait for me? Okay, that's fine. But we watched it, and it was really good. There was a section in there uh, where some of the characters are speaking Spanish, and we don't know what they're saying. And she goes, are we supposed to know what they're saying? And I was like, um, probably because we're watching it jailbroke. It doesn't show the, the words at the bottom. I said, but tomorrow when it's the 12th and all this stuff is available, you could probably watch this stuff on Disney plus and it'll have what they're actually saying written down there. And that was the case. Um, love the show. I love the movie. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really interesting that the rock was heavily involved in the creation of the show. Uh, Emily Blunt is his, uh, counterpart in the show. Jack Whitehall is in it. He's hilarious. I love the Netflix has a comedy special. Uh, Jack, Jack Whitehall travels with my father. Really funny stuff. Um, He's really funny in this as well. The show has done really well. The show sort of leans itself into the idea of the actual ride, which is interesting. Uh, but I totally enjoyed it. I don't know if it's for small kids. I mean, there's elements in it that I think small kids would enjoy, but I think it's more for uh, older kids and adults. Uh, it's action-packed. It has an interesting twist in it that I did not see coming. Um and I'd heard rumor that it was such a success that they've talked about doing a second one. And I'm like, how can you have a second one? This kind of told the whole story. But they were like, yeah, yeah, but so did the Pirates of the Caribbean. And they still did more of those. And I was like, eh, okay. So anyway, um, really liked it. I also watched, this actually I watched on Disney Plus uh, last night, uh, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, The Legend of the Ten Rings. This is the uh, Marvel uh, movie. Aquafina is in it. She's actually the only person I really recognize, except for the guy who played Wang uh, from Doctor Strange. Um, but interesting idea for a show. I had no idea anything about the Legend of the Ten Rings or who Shang Chi was or any of that stuff. Very interesting story. The um, special effects were pretty dynamite. Uh, some of the stuff looked like. It's almost like the creators were like, listen, just just go with it. We're trying to tell a story and we've already blown in our budget. Just go along with this part. Like, okay, fine. Um, the coolest part to me of the whole thing was the shifting maze that they had to go through to get to somewhere. And there's a very exciting scene where they're driving through this shifting maze. And now I get that it was all green screens and computer graphics and all this other stuff, but the way it looks is really incredible. Some of the fight scenes were really hard to follow because so much is happening so quickly. Um, there is an interesting battle between a, a guy and his father who's sort of misled um, with the Ten Rings. And the Ten Rings are pretty interesting to watch in use. It's interesting to see what they do with them. But the best part about it was Aquafina adding comic relief. The best part of the whole thing was Aquafina. Uh, she kills it. The, the special effects are great. I thought that a lot of the fight scenes... Looked very uh, Jackie Chan influenced with the let's use what we have around us. And sometimes it's my jacket. Sometimes it's the stuff around me. Very, uh, very creative uh, with the fight scenes. But again, Aquafina kills it. She's great. She was hilarious in this. Um, 
even the extended scenes towards the end. I mean, there's an extended scene at the end where they meet with Fang and he's like, you know, you, you must be prepared, prepared. This is the rest of your life is going to be totally different. And, you know, you must go home and train and you're like, or, and they all go out and sing karaoke, which is funny. So, um, really enjoyed that. I watched, uh, before I left for my trip, I want to talk about my trip too. I'm going to get there. I went down, I went to see my buddy, Greg. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about that. But before I left, um, I got off of work early one day and I watched, uh, the movie Finch on Apple Plus. This is the Tom Hanks movie about a solar flare that hit the world and wiped out most of the population and somehow he survived. And you can get the sense that right away he is dying of exposure and the air temperature is about 145 degrees. And you see a moment where he has his hand out in the open and starts to cook it immediately. Just exposure to the sun can cook you. Um, he is in an underground bunker. He's sort of a genius. He's building this robot and you think the robot is there to keep him company. And then you quickly realize that he knows he's dying and the robot is there to take care of his dog. And he even says, this isn't my dog. This is just a dog. And this dog happens to be with me. He tells a story and, and listen, in my opinion, Tom Hanks is one of the best actors ever. Um, because he can make you believe in an instant that you are, not only familiar with who he is and how he got to be that person, but you sort of feel like you're emulating that person as you're watching the show. Like they call him the everyday man, like the things he's going through, you, you get the vulnerability of his character and you, you buy into really, really quickly that he is that character so much so that you sometimes feel like him. Prime example of that is, you know, Forrest Gump when Eric run Forrest run. It wasn't anybody in the audience that didn't also think, Come on. And, and it's, you know, listen, it's a great, he's a great actor. Probably the best actor of our generation. Um, I don't know if he's, you know, part of some Illuminati conspiracy theory thing or whatever, but one of the greatest actors out right now. And Finch is no different. This is, this is I Am Legend meets Castaway meets, you know, Forrest Gump meets everything that he is. And the fact that he's playing more his age now, like he is an older guy and he is going through some stuff with, you know, just being an older guy and you get to see him more fragile. Um, spoiler alert. If you don't want to hear this part, skip it. Um, he dies in the show. And I got to thinking, this is probably the first time we've watched Forrest, not Forrest. <laughs> That's how good an actor he is. Now, this is the first time we've actually watched Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks die in a movie. Like in every movie he's been in, he's been the hero or he's been the guy that comes out at the end and he continues to tell a story off screen. But this is the first time I remember him passing away in a show. And he is of that age where this kind of stuff should happen. So listen, I think that Apple or whoever greenlit this was a genius. They, they, they marketed it in such a way that you couldn't watch anything on Apple without having to watch the preview for this show. And you couldn't skip it. Like if you went to skip it, the whole doggone thing froze on your fire stick. So you had to watch every time they showed this one. All the other ads you could skip, but you couldn't skip the ad for the show. Good movie. Um, big surprise. Not really. Uh, <clears throat> so that with that being said, I also want to talk about something else that I'm watching on Apple Plus, which is the movie or the, the TV show C with Jason Momoa. Um, I didn't want to like it 
Like in the first few episodes, I kept making jokes about, oh, look, Aquaman's in the jungle. Oh, Aquaman's blind. Oh, Aquaman, you know, hasn't, doesn't worry about chafing with his jeans in the ocean. Oh, look, now he's swimming. That doesn't seem unusual. You know, I kept making kind of inward jokes about it. And I kept going, yeah, but like some of this is pretty cool. Some of the costuming is pretty cool. The idea that supposedly a plague hits these people and they can't see and they're having to navigate life without sight. And anyone with sight is seen as sort of a heretic because in their minds, this is way, 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 way in the future. They, they're like, yeah, the sighted people are who ruin the world. So anyone with sight is going to probably ruin the world. And we got to be afraid of those people. So they really treat people with sight as witches or, or as witchcraft. And they kill those people or they actively pursue those people to kill them. But right away, you're introduced to him as a character, and he's with a woman who has two kids that are suddenly born with sight. So <laughs> you can kind of see where this is going. Um, now, what I will say about this is some of the fight scenes seems like they are choreographed by the same people who did the Vikings TV show. It is a very brutal fight scenes. Um, he is the guy that you want to see you know, be the victorious barbarian type fellow. And he is in this. I mean, he is everything that you'd want to finally see him be, you know, more reminiscent of him in Game of Thrones, uh, that brutish, you know, punishing type fighting style, but more so like because he can't see, he's having to fight differently. So there's times where he's dragging his sword on the ground for echolocation to hear it resonate off of things to sort of, it helps him find where the bad guys are. And of course they react to the sound. So they'll swipe at the sound. He can hear them making extra effort to swipe at the sound. And he'll jump back and then, and then kill them. And it's, it's pretty brutal. Um, it's, it's really brutal. Now I told my wife while I was watching season one, I said, all right, the one problem I have with this is everyone's perfectly groomed. <laughs> she was like, what? I was like, they have no sight yet. Everyone looks perfect. Like their clothes are perfect, their facial hair is perfect. If they want to be clean shaven, they're perfectly clean shaven. If they have a beard that's shaped a certain way, that's all shaped perfectly. And yet they're all supposed to be blind. I said, I think that personal grooming would kind of go out the window a little bit uh, if that were the case. But she's like, you just can't go with it. And I was like, well, of course I can. That's why I'm watching this. I'm buying the fact that Aquaman is playing a blind man, but here we are. And she's like, okay, he's not Aquaman. I was like, I know, but it's funnier. Anyway, so again, Really cool fight scenes. Interesting story. Um, I'm in season two right now. I've been watching them a little along the way. Like, a, you know, I'll catch an episode here or two episodes there. And I like it. I like it. I think they did a good job. Um, yeah. So, skipping forward. Um, my trip. I just got back today from my visit with Greg in Albany, Georgia. I visited his wife, him and his wife. Um, Greg... At some point down the line here, he he made a comment. He's like, I got four tickets to see a band play that's coming to Albany. And I don't know if you want to go. And I was like, I'm in. He's like, I haven't even told you the band. I was like, I don't care. I'll go. I, I, it gives me an excuse to come visit you. Um, and he's that kind of person for me. Like, he's the kind of person I want to go just hang out with. I like his company. I like his insight. I like bouncing ideas off of him, even if they're obscure or strange. And sometimes it's even better when it's obscure and strange because it's funnier. So <laughs> we, uh, this, this trip did not disappoint. Um, I had to make a stop at Bucky's down in Warner Robins, Georgia. Um, I weirdly enough made it there on fumes, uh, just so I could get gas there because I knew it was going to be cheaper there than anywhere else. And 
I got lucky with gas mileage. Um, when I left Florence early Friday morning, it said I had like 200 and I don't know, 256 miles to empty. And it said two buckies is going to be 276 miles. And I'm like, I'm going to be 20 miles short. Ah, cause I didn't fill up before I left, but I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can actually improve this gas mileage a little bit, maybe drive a little bit more efficient and, you know, ease on the gas and that kind of thing and coast a little more. And, and I did that and I got there with like 13 miles to empty and I was like, yes. So got there, gas prices everywhere around me was like three fourteen at most gas station at most gas stations. And when I got to Bucky's, it was two ninety one. And I'm like, well, right there, I'm saving, you know, 15 cents or whatever it is. 20, is it 15? Yeah. 15 cents. No, that ain't right. 15 plus eight is 23 cents. I saved 23 cents per gallon. Now you go, who cares? 23 cents times 20 gallons is what? $4 difference. Eh, it's not that big of a difference, but everything adds up, right? If you're overspending on gas all the time, you're going to be spending way more on gas per year than, than you would have if you just paid attention. Sorry about it. If you hear this sound in the background, I'm actually washing clothes as well. And I left the door so I could hear when they're done. Um, but anyway, I made it there. I got gas. $70 to fill up because that's what gas costs nowadays. Let's go, Brandon. Uh, if you don't know what Let's Go Brandon is, I encourage you to Google it yourself. Look up the Wikipedia in, uh, description. It's very interesting. Somebody actually did their due diligence and like have you know quotes and, and references and everything. Um, but Let's Go Brandon. So uh, filled up. I then went inside of Bucky's to do a little bit of shopping. I wanted to get some snacks because uh, I knew I was going to Greg's and I, and I knew he would probably cook at some point and I didn't want to just be a burden. I wanted to bring something as well. So I went inside to buy some snacks and I was like, oh, I want some of this and I want some of that. And oh, look, here's a seasoning that I'm looking for. And I, and I picked out like a seasoning that's a, a honey barbecue chicken and pork um, seasoning. It was a little pricey, but you know, I was like, eh, I'm going to use it. I'm going to feed people with it. It's worth it. And I also found some beef jerky. And then of course the deal on the jerky was if you buy the big bag, you get to save money. And so, yeah, I ended up spending like $70 inside of there. And of course my wife called me later and she goes, what did you buy for $70? And I was like, snacks. She's like, okay, fine. <laughs> Not that she cares that much. It's just, she's like, did you, did you really spend $70 at a convenience store? I'm like, yes, I did. So anyway, um, which I did bring a lot of that home. Uh, we didn't actually eat that much of it. But I went and visited Greg, and we went to see Collective Soul downtown in Albany, Georgia. Now, Collective Soul, when I was younger, they had some hits on the radio that would come on, and I I knew the songs when they would come on, and I would rock out to them, and some of them I actually knew the words to. Um, but I honestly never owned any of their stuff. I never bought a CD. I never... It just wasn't a band that was in my wheelhouse i don't know if it was the time that they came out it may have been when i was in the marine corps and i was completely broke i don't think i bought a single piece of music while i was in the marine corps um but yeah because i mean i was in from 94 to 98 and i think they were popular in the in the mid to late 90s um but i mean i liked them and i liked them enough to you know google their their songs and i i enjoyed a lot of them and i was like okay cool and they also had a new album out. And I was like, oh, God, I don't know the new stuff. And I was like, I need to listen to some of it. So luckily, Amazon Music allowed me to listen to some of it. And I was like, yeah, it's okay. But I like, I really like the older stuff. Like the, the, that first year that they came out was really good. And so I went to the show. The opening band was a band called The Quilt. 
Um, they were actually pretty good. Um, I recorded a lot of it with my phone. I'm going to try and put it on YouTube. I know that I'm not going to get monetized for those videos. I just want to share it because it's so good. Um, I think I only recorded one of their songs, but it was really good. And then Collective Soul took the stage. Now, the guys are older. I mean, I'm 47. I think they're probably around my age or maybe a little bit older. Um, and the lead singer has gray hair and, but still has the moves and still is energetic and takes the crowd on a ride. And it's the lead guitar rocks out and the drummer's great. And the bass player's great. And the, the whole thing was great. The whole, the crowd was great. The, the venue was great. Greg got really good seats. We were on the top level on the front. Um, we could see perfectly. Um, we had two other friends join us and, uh, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. I had a good time. Did not think I was going to have such a good time, but it was great show. Collective Soul put on a great show. I encourage anybody to go see them if they come to your area. Pretty fantastic. Uh, I recorded a lot of their performances and I'll put those on YouTube as well, because again, I just want to share it with everybody. I don't care about monetization. I'm going to turn that off. I just want people to watch it and be like, cool, I got to check them out when they come to my town. That's kind of the point of all of it, right? And I look down at the crowd and like everybody's taking video and I'm like, good for them. That's awesome. They deserve some, some one up and you know what I mean? Some bands, you just kind of want to be like, Hey, check them out live. They're great live. They're great live. So, um, I'm going to wrap this up. This is going to be a short one. I just wanted to kind of say, Hey, and hope everybody's doing well with your mom and them. Um, I listened to a lot of Burt cast podcasts. The Shane Gillis episode was probably my favorite. I laughed ridiculously. Um, the, uh, the what's it chase chase friedman episode uh is a guy that worked for Bert, for bert and he got into an accident back around new year's uh became paraplegic and has worked through a lot of miraculous things that have happened and now he's able to walk and drive and he tells his story on bert's podcast really interesting inspiring story um he was super depressed when it first happened but then the moment he saw like the slightest movement in one of his fingers, he was like, Oh, I'm going to beat this. I'm going to figure out a way around this. And apparently he did a video where he talked about wanting to walk up the famous stairs that Rocky walked up in Philadelphia. It's sort of a victory thing of saying, I did it. When I get out of the hospital, I want to walk up those stairs. And it went viral. Um, he apparently got the attention of, you know, not only Schwarzenegger, but also from Stallone and Stallone reached out to him, you know, and it was, listen, guy is an inspiration. He's done miraculous things just in his last year of overcoming a lot of the things that have happened to him, but also, you know, he talks about all of it and his story may end up becoming a movie, um, or in, in a book and, and who knows what else, but it's a really good podcast. The one with, with Shane Gillis, he got into some kind of trouble on SNL. I don't know what trouble it was, but the episode is hilarious. Like they joke around a good bit. They get to about an hour and eight minutes in and Shane's like, I got nothing to do today except I'm going to do Corolla's podcast later. And, and Bert's like, you want a drink? He goes, yes, I do. And they have a few drinks and they get silly and it's fun. And listen, I, I had a great time. Like it was a three hour podcast and every minute of it, I just felt like I was hanging out with my friends. And that's kind of what I look for in podcasts. I look for that moment when you forget your task, when you forget the fact that you're driving for seven hours or six hours or whatever the case may be, and you just enjoy hanging out with your buddies, listening to a podcast. 
So thanks, Bert. Appreciate it. Thanks, Halston, for doing such a good job of producing the show and and making sure it sounds really good. Thank you to Leanne for pushing him to get better stuff and do better things. Thank you to Tom for having Bert do all this crap. Who, who was like, listen, turn your equipment on, do the thing. And thank you to all the people who listen to my podcast and tell me they enjoy what I'm doing because it does matter. It does help. It does help my mental health when I know that somebody cares. And I care. I mean, I really do. I wish I could do more of this. Uh, life gets in the way sometimes, but, you know, it, that's sort of what we're all dealing with. And at the end of the day, you just got to make yourself do the thing that you don't want to do sometimes or that not that you don't want to do. There are things in your life you, you do that you don't want to do, but you need a direction, you need a goal, and you need to get off your ass and do it. That's the whole thing. So live your best life. Go out there. Make a difference. Touch base with people you ain't talked to in a while. Tell them you love them. Do all the fun stuff. Life's short. And um, go check out Collective Soul. <laughs> all right, that's it. Y'all take care. Thanks for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Share this with your friends. And as always, I end this by saying, cue the cow. Uh-huh.